Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hopefully this is the last time you hear this ad, because with Chime Checking Account, features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts. Or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com goals 24. That's chime.com goals 24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. Earlier you asked me, are we as millennials simply um, unsatisfied with everything? Like, are we uneasy to please? Or like, I don't even know what to say, but you said because we are so, it's so easy for us to jump from thing to thing to thing without thought of like what I said I was going to do yesterday versus what I'm doing today or what I see an opportunity with, is it because we're just unsatisfied with everything? Yeah, I think I think it's very hard for millennials to focus because I think everybody's so gung-ho on like being a millionaire right now. Mm-hmm. And the fastest way to millions is what we try to chase. And then right. I think we are forgetting processes mm-hmm. i think we're forgetting um laying foundations and i i don't think we stick with things long enough to see a kind of a fruit you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. to that point i think millennials it's not that they're hard to please is that they don't they don't know what they really really want and they try to find they're looking for a million looking for love look, in all the wrong places they're looking for millions in all the wrong places though <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. they're looking for millions in all the wrong places, meaning that it, if this don't work out, if I can't, if I don't see myself making a million dollars in this in a year, I got to move on to something else or this, that, or we try to do three things at one time and not knowing, not understanding that that's bringing more harm than good because now we feeling inadequate because all these things ain't doing well because you're trying to juggle <laughs> through multiple things at one time mm-hmm. or, you go from one career to a whole nother career mm-hmm. with a whole nother skill set right. that has to be acquired and developed. And I don't think we uh I don't think we take into consideration development enough. You about to get all into it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, no, let's talk about it. <laughs> What's going on everybody? We're your host Malcolm and Brittany Garrison. And you're listening to Let's Talk About It. Let's Talk About It is a space where we unpack life's transitions and their effects on millennials. As entrepreneurs and millennial parents, we've navigated a lot of life transitions. And we're here to share those experiences with you while challenging perspectives and engaging in open dialogue. Y'all ready? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I feel like in 2023, one of the things that I have battled with is... We've talked about pivoting um, in the last two seasons. We talked about change. We talked about survival. Um, And I think it's when you're in that gray area of what's next or what do I want. And um, I think I put the when you asked me that, I put it on Twitter because one, 
Twitter is just a great place to remember all your thoughts. I got to get back on Twitter. You I'm do. not on Twitter. Twitter is a great place to remember all your thoughts. Um, but it's all, I also had some people that responded and one of the responses was, yes, y'all are unsatisfied because you're spoiled. <laughs> okay. But there was another one that um, I want to read it verbatim. I don't want to, I don't want to uh, paraphrase this. It says, millennials have grown up in dynamic times. Time, um, we were in a time predating the internet. And now still growing in a technology, a technological and informational boom. So they know nothing but change and adaption. Mm, okay. Right. The older generations don't know how to adapt and younger generations don't have the knowledge or experience to know why to. Mm. So they were basically saying like, yes, but we have been put in a place of change. Like I can go back to thinking about when my parents first got a car that had a TV in it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like if our kids have a screen in the jump, it's probably a pull down or probably like a drop down at this point. Um, but you know, my dad, I remember my dad's truck had like the little pull down. My mom had got a, a van, you know, cause we used to travel a lot and it had two and mm -hmm. one in the middle one and one in the back. So yep, everybody yep. could watch the movie. Right. But before those, there was like this big TV in the middle and we bought a crate of tapes <laughs> on a road trip you know what i'm saying before dvds before you could put the gel inside of your car dvd player yeah there were like we were traveling with crates of tapes i think millennials are the only only generation that know about walkmans and ipod as iPads. users though as users right yeah. you know what i'm saying like like we or or like our parents had pagers like my my like my parents had house phones. Like we were there when cell phones became a thing. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And so like like that person said in the response to my tweet was that we have been in a space of change and adaptability, whether we wanted to or not. And so I remember you think about who was the first person you knew to have an iPhone? Mm. iPods. Our kids would never know about stuff like that. Yeah, iPod minis, true. iPod shuffles. Yeah. I remember, yeah, we. I remember iPod Shuffle and and, and downloading the stuff on your desktop. LimeWire, LimeWire, all that stuff. Black Planet, my like our kids will never That's know that. Crazy, they know TikTok. Oh, and so when I read that, I was like, dang, that's crazy. Because what was really stood out was not only that we have had to change and adapt a lot, was that the older generations they don't know how to. I think that is an issue. And the younger generations don't know why to. I think the generation before us or baby boomers, they do have trouble with change. They mm -hmm. have a, a really hard problem or really hard time with adapting to different things mm -hmm. that's happening in the world, especially with technology and the oh fast moving pace. They they never moved fast. They they no. they was definitely methodical yeah. with what they were doing. Um, I think the only thing that we can really take from them is understanding things do take time. Mm-hmm. And longevity. they that longevity. I think they they literally understood longevity. Mm -hmm. that, that for one, that's why four one ks was great. You know what I'm saying? Right. Was a whole thing because they understood the uh, the compound effect. Mm -hmm. I think millennials could definitely take on that mentality of the compound effect instead of you know this instant gratification culture that it's we kind of have. Because of social media, though. Yeah, it's, not, it's because of social media, um, for the most part, because you get to. Like you get to have an inside scoop on people's highlights. Yeah. What people put out on social media is, and we did a whole episode about this when we first started our podcast, but what people put on social media, what we put on social media, what's up, but now that we got the show, we be putting all kinds of stuff up now. But <laughs> before that, you're only putting up the highlights. You're only putting up the parts of you that you want people to see. And then now that we're in a space of curated content of like, I am making this perfect as perfect as possible. I got the cleanest house in the world. I got the cleanest car in the world. I got the most brands calling me in the world. I got, I'm taking the most vacations in the world. I'm doing the most luxurious. Th and that's what you see. Now, of course, your your feed is based off of what you feed it, you know. Yeah. And so, but it's like, if that's the life that you want to live, then that's what you're going to feed yourself. And the thing is, even even if, even that, that thing about your feed, like, 
all that all that stuff is also you being targeted too so all mm-hmm. of it ain't based upon what you search it's also no, based sure. upon what they want to put in front of you too mm-hmm. which sometimes we we can't even control a lot of the times what we see on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. and the person that said you know millennials are spoiled i would the only only thing i would say to combat that is what if you were like when you were growing up and maybe you're in the higher uh, older generation what if you were growing up and you were going through things, you were struggling with things, but then as soon as you get on your phone, you see that somebody in your class or your classmates or your peers appear to be doing much better than you. How do you emotionally feel? You know what I'm saying? And what will that now do to your state of mind? And what, how would your, what would be your actions to that? I got to get to it. You know what I'm saying? I got to get to it. Or what am I doing? I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Or I should be further along in my life. I should be doing something. You know, I should have some some uh, some direction and all those things may be true. But I think we we put so much so much of a on a burden on on things that we haven't done yet and not enough on what have you done, though, and what progress have you made? Because it feels like when you start to think about what you have done, you're living in glory days land. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, OK. Um, if I talk about the peak of everything, I am living in old, my old life. And it's like, it's different if you're still in that same state. Like, if what was your life is still your life, then that's a different conversation. But if what was your life is no longer, or, you know, you've there have been transitions and changes to your life or to your lifestyle and et cetera like that, then now it feels like you're living in your glory days. Even when I remember when I talked about, like, um, when we transitioned from our last company um, in network marketing and I was thinking about going to another one and somebody had asked me like, why would you leave the whole industry? You know, you're, you're Brittany Garrison and you did this and you did that and you were making this, you've made this kind of money. And I'm like, was like, <laughs> cause if you're starting something new, I can't hold on to all the things that I did elsewhere. Of course, that's what now would make me credible, but that's it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I can't, I have to now replant myself, redo all the things to create new successes in order for it to be relevant in a new place. And I think that's where, like from a mental standpoint, like I remember transparently having that conversation with you the other day, like, do you feel like I don't be doing nothing? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you feel like I don't be doing nothing? <laughs> and you was like, what? And I'm like, I feel like because I have been going for years when I have too much, what I feel is too much idle time, mm-hmm. it feels like I am like stagnant. Yeah. And I think a lot of millennials, or I mean, I don't even think it's just millennials, but I feel like a lot of people can relate to that where it's like when I'm not just doing and doing and doing, or I don't have my highlight reel to post. Yeah. I could feel like I'm doing nothing. And I remember sitting in the bed asking you, like, do you feel like I don't be doing nothing? Like, because I feel like I don't be doing nothing. And mm-hmm. I don't know how to not do nothing and be okay with that. Yeah. And I remember you sent me this video from Michael Todd. Do you remember uh, when he said, oh, what did he say? Hopefully he can pull it up. Yeah, hopefully I can pull it up. Um, I sent it to you on Instagram. Yes. This is the thing I need every leader to to hear me say. Don't discard what is not ready to be seen. Mm-hmm. Many times we're so tunnel visioned that we only think it's important if it's next. Mm-hmm. But many of the greatest things in my life were things that weren't next. They were things in waiting. And there are ideas that you need to write down and they'll be in waiting. There are, 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 are plans that you have that you don't have the team to facilitate it yet and you don't have the opportunity, but the right time will come. And if you don't discard it, it maybe become something that will create a phenomenal destiny for yep. you. And so like, it was like the perfect encouragement needed. And that's like one of the good parts about social media. And it's not an episode just about social media, but I think that's one of the good things because like in that same moment, you can find something that's uplifting, that's encouraging, that can remind you that you're on your path. Yeah. There's so many things I see on social media. I'm like, I needed that right in this instant. Like God probably put it in front of my face to see because it's like, okay, he needed to see this. He needed to hear this. And you're right. One of those things, like you never know. And I I was thinking about my, I was reflecting. The reason why I sent it to you because I was reflecting on my own. I'm like, what's some stuff that I've had in my mind that I've probably written down that 
yeah, I don't have the capacity to get to at this moment, but it doesn't mean that it, you know, God won't lead me there one day. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people may feel like that and, or a lot of people can do that now. Like what are things in your, in your head right now that you think you can do or that you want to do? You may not have the team, the capacity, the mental fortitude or whatever, the resources that you, that you can't do it now, but you can write it down. And it's crazy because life seems to bring you back to certain things. Mm -hmm. Life will bring you back to certain things, especially uh, passions and, and, and things that you, you find of interest and giving yourself the autonomy and time to figure your life out. And I think we do not give ourselves grace it's enough. so hard. Uh-oh. I don't I don't think we give ourselves grace enough, but I feel like and, and I was going to say this when you were talking about it brings you kind of back full circle. But it was it's like even when you think about like the Grammys, like mm. random. And we're going to yeah, we're going to get into that, you know, random, random. But it's like, bro, like you wrote this down in 2019 going into 2020 as this is what this is one of the things I want to do in this decade is mm -hmm. to be at the Grammys I never said perform you know what I'm saying yeah which made it 20 million times better you know what I'm saying to not just be at the Grammys but on the Grammys in the Grammys yeah. and and when I think about it, it was like I hadn't done music in years though like ain't nobody checking for me doing that but I think because it was such a big monumental thing after making a change, it's literally like, well, what else? What's next? Like, what do you do now? Mm -hmm. And I think when you get stuck in that, what do I do now phase? And it's like part of you just it's I'm in I'm in this y'all are. I think y'all are really <laughs> season three, season four, probably season this whole year, whatever comes out this year, y'all are going through with us, like processing mm -hmm. newness of life. And I think in this state of being, it's kind of like I'm very particular about what I do, too. Mm -hmm. It's like I love an opportunity, but then I sit back like, all right, why am I going to? We had a conversation about this today. About this earlier today. And I'm like, all right, cool. Sounds great. I'm a jump into it kind of person. But now why? Let's explore that. Though. Why, well, what, what what was your thought process as you were? Let's get some money. Being talked to, but why why was that the why was that the thought? Like, let's get some money. What is that? When you you know you make good money now, but why is that? You know what I'm saying? I think because of how money has been made over the latter part of my life, um, it's hard to make it when it feels slow, even if it's great money. I don't like the money to feel slow <laughs> like, or the same or the same. Like I like, yeah. the, but you know, I thought about that earlier today too, when we were talking about that, I'm like, well, what's the problem with the same money? The problem with the same money is that it's the same, but the problem with money that you create is that it, it has, it goes both ways and nobody talks about that. People don't talk about the same way. Like you can make a lot of money fast. You cannot be making a lot of money for a long time in your process of building it. Yeah. And it's like, I have had to think about, I know what it takes to build and it's asking myself in what capacity do I want to do that? And where do I want to do it to where I know I'm going to do it because stick with it. Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying because of what we talked about millennials are ever changing because I get bored easy only thing I feel like I ain't been bored of yet is you that's hilarious and being a mom <laughs> and um and so like because I know that I know you asked me a question earlier like well what made you why did you get into business in the first place why did you start our, our first business that we got into and it was like well I had to I didn't have no job. I couldn't get no job. I didn't have no money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was making like $1,800 a month. I don't even think it was 18. Maybe maybe it was $1,800 a month. And that just wasn't going to fly for me. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, I'm good. Now we're good. But there's a certain way I like to live. There's a certain. And it's like, I think when you look back over the things that you've done with money, it's like if I was at this place and beyond this place where I aspired to be and am shooting for still because everything else I've already done. So I'm still shooting for where I was headed anyway, mm -hmm. but I know what I would do different now. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I want to make right on my, I want to make right on my money. <laughs> I want to make right on the things that God 
provides you with mm-hmm. and the the successes that he gives you like i want to be a better like i wasn't we weren't bad stewards but i want to be better yeah you know absolutely. what i'm saying and so it it's for me it's the instant gratification of here's a way i know i can make a bag fast because i've done it before yeah but then it's like in the same breath i know i can make a lot of money doing it but i also don't want to do it like it's, that it, that too and it's something about hitting 30 that I'm no longer intrigued to buy fast anymore. I still am. And and and, and that's okay. For me, and, and everybody has their process. For me, I'm no longer intrigued by fast because it always comes at a cost. Mm. Even slow comes at a cost. Oh yes. <laughs> it's called it's called delayed gratification. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So that means that, that means you it takes it takes a minute for you to actually hit your stride. The reason why is because people, I think we, and this is for millennials, but this is for people in general, you know, in, in culture today. I think we forget how hard it is to actually make extra income. Yeah, I think I think we're we're so privy to okay, I can make online money. Yes, you can make online money, but if you think about it, making an extra thousand dollars a month, most people had to work hours yeah. to make even just an extra thousand. And because social media has made it appear that you can get money out of thin air, like there's a, all this free money out here mm-hmm. that you can you can get a thousand dollars a month. Yeah, you can probably get a thousand dollars this month, but can you get it for a long period of time? And that's 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 my whole thing. Where it's like, I want to do something that's sustainable. Yeah, yeah. Which I understand the business model. Um, and all I told when you asked me what did I see in it, I told you this I can make money this way, this way, this way, this way, and this way. But and I know that's my personality type, and that's why I have to ask further questions. I have to be an investigator of myself. Yeah, my thought sense. processes and the thing, the opportunities that are presented to me, and how I want to go about making money. I believe that I just I'm not opposed to hard work. I love work i love the processes of things i just don't feel like in this place in my life that i have to work hard for it if that makes sense like it feels like an oxymoron what i just said but like i feel like i'm I'm just in a place where i believe that god wants me to have ease Mm. like i believe that the opportunities that will come if it's meant to be i'm not gonna have all these questions Mm. to myself you know what I'm saying? It's going to make sense. And I think that's why I've been so slow. But I am in a full-blown life conundrum of I'm trying to find my lane. I'm trying to be patient. I'm not trying to rush because that's my that's my MO. That's my vibe. That's what I do. Mm. Like, that's the, op- oh, bet. What we on? Let's get the money. Let's. Do, you know what I'm saying? I'm so quick to act, which is a wonderful trait. How about this? It's been part it's of a, your genius, it's too. A, it's been part of my genius. But I, I've I've ran that genius. And I just want to see what happens if I just if I'm patient at the same time. Mm. But within that patience and with the desire to be there and 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 live through this, it is the most frustrating thing I'm going through at the same time because yeah. it makes me feel unproductive. It makes me feel like I'm not doing nothing. It feels like I'm not progressing. I'm not becoming more of anything. Yeah. In whatever capacity that is. In any capacity. I'm a bomb ass mom. <laughs> you are. But that's, but that's, and that's the thing, like, that's, maybe, maybe it's because we sometimes attach a lot of our identity to what we do mm-hmm. or, or the value that we think monetarily we bring. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do with our culture too as well. We can get into that. But I know for men, we feel like monetarily that's where our value lies mm-hmm. and it's hard to it's hard to it's hard for men to to think like okay I have more value outside of what I can bring financially, you know what I'm saying, and for for whatever millennial or whoever that's going through things right now that they're, they're probably thinking like okay, what value can I bring and why do I feel like I'm not bringing any value right now to to any marketplace and that causes a depression that causes something inside of them to feel like I'm not good enough for this or I'm not good enough for that. What do you think millennials are dealing with most right now when it comes to either transitioning through life or, or, or going through life or, or trying to get to the next level? Inadequacy. Hmm. The feeling of inadequacy. Like I am 
it's just not enough. The feelings of not enough. The feelings of I'm not doing enough. I don't have enough. I haven't done enough. And I am now 30, 31, 32, 29, 27. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what? It's it's a constant question of what the hell am I doing with my life? Mm-hmm. I could talk to anybody, any of my friends right now, those that are successful, um, those that have thriving businesses, those that have bomb-ass jobs, and we will all still come to that conclusion like, what the hell is next? Or what else do I do? Or we're in the process of building that. This is what I believe I need to do now. Mm. but it's still because I have to wait because I have to build it because I have to develop clientele. Um, all the things. Yeah. All the things that it take. still feels like, what am I doing? What would you say? Um, I like an, uh, I like inadequacy. I think we are worth. I would like to know the statistics on for women, at least. Or when do they actually hit their career stride or their stride in general? Let's see. Because for males, it's, it's around 45 to 50. Mm. So remember when I was telling you, like, you know, mm-hmm. being a fund, a fund manager mm-hmm. um, and, and going through that process, which is a whole nother thing. I think we'll probably do a whole nother pod on that, mm-hmm. on careers and stuff like that. But the pressures of, of wanting to be at your peak and not wanting to have to wait 15 like i'm like okay i'm 30 and 45 is supposed to be where you where you get your your actual peak and i'm like i don't want to wait that long you know what i'm saying when do women hit their what their either financial peak career peak you know just that that where they're at their most value i I would say Mm -hmm. because for many like like i said it's at 45 to 50 and how many millennials are willing to wait that long? You know, that's that's another fifteen to twenty years. Facts. We and, and and it's that culture of like, ah, nah, bro, I ain't got that kind of time. I ain't got that kind of time. I need to I need to get to it right now. By thirty five, I need to be at my peak, and that's all fine. Some will, some will get there, but what if you don't get there at thirty five? Are you automatically just going to feel this depression? Are you automatically going to feel like you're you're less than? And and that you you're not a value or that you're not going, you know, because there's ebbs and flows in life. Mm-hmm. It says women's peak, um, and this is just a quick Google search, but women's peak um, can be between the ages thirty five and fifty four. Men between forty five and sixty four. Yeah. So I'm all now even worse. I am, I'm I'm behind. <laughs> I got I got I got four years, nigga. How? It just said women. <laughs> Peak between ages thirty-five and what fifty-four. So that's a twenty-year gap. It has to happen. Yeah, but it says thirty-five to tw- to fifty. That's a long. That's a big. That's a long number of years. That's almost two decades worth. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like forty-five to sixty-four. Sixty-four for men. For men, that's crazy. that's two decades. So why do we feel like we have to have it all together at thirty? Because there are people. That are winning at high levels, driving Lamborghinis. <laughs> there is, and there's people. That's right. that's really why it is. I'm I not s- saying that's why it is for me, but I know. I know like that's that's what you see. Like there, there's somebody who's not even a millennial. There's somebody who's Gen Z or on damn TikTok or YouTube or playing video games that's making millions of dollars. That's why this stuff is dangerous because things like that is an exception to the rule. And when you when you make your the exception, your the, the only standard of of living, you're, I feel like you're setting yourself up for disappointment, because we're talking about you having a better chance of getting struck by lightning. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's like me saying I want to go to the NBA right now. Oh, not you. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not going to happen. That could be very well a goal, and that could be very, but it. If I feel like I can't go on in life because I can't get this goal accomplished, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there has to be some level of maturity that has to happen in understanding that things worthwhile do take time and life is about ebbs and flows. No, I and, and I, I agree 100 percent. I just I just know the feeling. Yeah. And it's not it's like you find peace in knowing that I'm where I need to be right now. Like here's holy and still relevant. 
whatever reason why I am in this place, you know what I'm saying? Maybe it is to focus on my family. Maybe it is to focus on building a relationship with, um, not a, not building a relationship with my son. We have a great relationship, but um, growing that relationship, mm-hmm. teaching him the things that he needs to be taught. You know, today we bought a potty. Ooh, <laughs> I can't wait for those lessons. Today we bought a potty. Is it to be more more um, present in the the small things that we don't know about, you know? Um, and so it's like you also take peace in there is a reason for everything. Yeah. And you never know why until you get on the other side of it. The reason why I think the podcast has done what it's done and impacted the people it's impacted is because we're talking about being through in the in the dash in the middle yeah you know what i'm saying we're not talking about being strung out and we're not talking well i mean we do have talked talked about um successes and wins but it's like what's the through of it all yeah there's so many people going through then over the hill you know what i'm saying and so um i just feel like the truth of the matter and what a lot of people are experiencing right now could be um or what people could be experiencing right now is that um because i don't know and that's that's the hard part about faith. That's the hard about, part about believing, um, not only in God but in yourself. It's like I just don't know. Yeah, I know, you know, I know what I want to do. Well, I don't. I'm still working on that. I'm figuring all that. <laughs> There's plenty <laughs> yeah. of things on the table. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like an open horizon. Like I could do this. I could do that. I could do this. I could do this. I could thrive there. I could do that. And it's like, what do you pick? And that's the, that's another good thing though about about us about you know about our our generation is that we're so multifaceted. Mm-hmm. We're so talented in so many different areas that but almost sometimes to like, a detriment. To a detriment. Like it's like, what do I choose to what monetize focus or focus on? Because I have all these gifts and talents that, you know, mm-hmm. that you've been doing all, maybe your entire life or maybe you just acquired some. My my question to you is what do you because because I think millennials are facing a lot, mm-hmm. what do you think they should do or is most important for them to not only bring value but to find financial stability uh for them at, for now and for the future because of where you know the world is headed um well, i think the first thing is that um myself included we have to get out of a place of comparison um because i think because of comparison you're always trying to figure out so much and you can't you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but most of the time, the reason why you're in that state of mind, state of being of what can I do and how can I do and what should I do and when should I do it? Um, and then in the same breath, being procrastinating it because it's not perfect. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I feel like we're in that whirlwind just because it's always in comparison to something um, or someone. So I think the first thing is definitely um, to to really look here. We all need a social media break. It's too much. It's like overconsumption sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely thought about giving up social media for Lent. <laughs> I just didn't think I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I would fail. I might, I might, I might do it for the rest of it though. Shoot, it's only two more weeks. Um, Dang, Lent is long. Yeah, it's like forty days. Oof. Um, because sometimes you just need that cleanse. Because what? Who's to say that everything that you actually are looking for is outside of you looking for it through somebody else? The word you're looking for, the encouragement you need, um, the idea that you're waiting for, or the direction from the ideas that you already have. Who's to say it's not in the solitude of silence and just hearing from God and and listening to your innermost self? Um, shoot, I actually might do that, Joe. <laughs> mm. I will only my I might only be on social media for the podcast related activities. Um and that's it but you know i think that's the first thing but i also think it's it's finding somebody to talk to um getting around some very wise counsel um because you and i we found a church at the end of 2022 and you often say like i'm getting everything that i need in this season of my life from being fed spiritually Mm -hmm. you know so it takes off the edge of me needing to do all this stuff because there's an area of my life that hasn't been right that's getting right. That's in repair. Um, mm-hmm. That's in reconstruction. Um, and that's being built up. And so who's to say like, that's not my focus. That should be the focus right now. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And everything else will be added after that. You know what I mean? Um, so I think getting around some wise counsel, whether it's um, mentorship or um, um, a spiritual guidance 
um, or it's just your friends, man, because I think a lot of times people aren't talking about it and we're suffering in silence. Yeah. Um, but financially, I think it's important. I, I'm all for the side hustle. I ain't gonna hold y'all. I am a hundred percent for finding a way um, to make sure that you're able to generate income independently of other people and figuring out what that is. There's so many avenues, um, but it's like also not forcing it. I think that's what the problem is, is that we try so hard to force it. I have, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna, y'all, I'm gonna I have a Uber. thousand things do- on my computer that I was going to put out and ideas that I had for different avenues of social media, um, content curation and all that kind of stuff like that. But when I start fit, that's one of the things that 30 has done to me. If it starts to feel forced, I start to question everything. Mm. If it starts to feel forced, I start putting the brakes on it because why do I need to force it when I feel like God has called me to ease? I think um, my advice, and I think I've, I've told you this before, I would I would focus on this what I focused on, um, you know, and it's going to be a process. So y'all understand this. But what is something a skill set that is high level enough that can pay me, that can pay me boatloads of money, but it takes time of mastery. It takes time to to build the skill set, and what I mean by that is like. Because we're fate, there's a lot of things that that millennials are facing that I don't think our parents have ever had to face uh, financially. The uncertainty, um, career shifting, inflation is through the roof. And we oh can probably get into that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Inflation is through the roof. Uh, home ownership is becoming more and more of a squeeze. We've never seen the middle class get crushed as much as we have seen thus far, and. I think the only way to find some kind of financial stability or certainty is to develop a high level skill set that pays, you know, an extreme amount of money. And that could be any trade, um, anything that that is service based, anything that uh, somebody is willing and able to, to pay at a high level that most people can't do. Typically, if you learn something that most people shy away from. Or there's a, a small percentage that are successful in it, you'll probably make a lot of money, more than likely. But you know why people don't? Why? Because you'll have the skill set, but because you, like, let's say this is your first client, or um, your first time doing hosting said event, you charging people twenty dollars for your ten thousand dollar knowledge. You know what I'm saying? You're you're charging, let's say, um, your friend wants to, oh, you talking to your friend about what you're thinking about doing. They say, okay, cool. Um, how much you charge? And you're like, oh, shoot. Well, you know, I'm going to look out. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you'll have the skill set. And I've done this. You know what I'm saying? You'll have the skill set, but you won't charge for it properly for it to be a thing like what you said, a high-value skill set. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's the other thing is like, you also have to know your worth. Now that's not to say that you pri- overprice people. Um, you know, you have don't have to price, that? you don't have to price people as if <laughs> you're never going to get another gig again. <laughs> Try to pay your rent with one client. Right. Um, which is, I, Hey, I get it. Trust me. Been there, done that. But I feel like that's the one reason is like, you're not, you don't charge what you're worth because you're, you don't think people will pay it because of what you can afford. Typically that's why it's like, I would never pay that. So because I would never pay that, I don't think people will pay me. Mm. And, um, a lot of, a lot of coaches talk about the reason why they're okay with charging what they charge is because they've paid to do it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The most we've paid for personal development was what? $5,000. Yeah. For I it. think that's the way, yeah. Each that's of us. Yeah, man. My God. And then couldn't attend because it got COVID-y. My God. And it was virtual. $5,000 to watch you it better. on the computer. You about to trigger me. Sorry. But <laughs> it, in in if in turn, I would be, I've, I've, I've tried to get comfortable with that number because I've paid it before. I've paid somebody for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've paid people a thousand dollars for their their course that was trash. 
or or let me not say it was trash. Ooh, nah, um, you can say that. If no, it's no, trash. no. Because I mean, there's always value in it, but sometimes it's just it, some of them that I've taken fluff. have just been fluff. You know what I'm saying? Or it's like it's just enough to get you to upgrade to the thing that's going to be ten thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so uh, I've done that. I've I've done that. I've paid the two thousand dollars just for them to tell you it's going to be fifteen thousand at the end of this. Um, and so. It's it's being okay with charging what you know is worth your worth, but also putting your price point in a place that makes you competitive in the marketplace of what it is that you do too. Yeah, I agree. I mean, let's let's talk about let's talk about the homeownership housing. I'm scared now. A lot wow. of y'all don't know that um I think we talked about it in an episode briefly, um, back in our first season that we were preparing to buy a house build a house and um in the preparation for that we got outpriced by the interest rates um which i'm not mad at anymore in hindsight i'm not mad at it because we were settling on location mm-hmm. um so i'm not mad at it based off of that and that alone is that i did not want to live on that side of town um but that's where you was gonna get the most bang for your buck you know um and so what happens is we finally get to the point where we're like about to pull the trigger and the interest rates started to put this mortgage to more than what we were already paying in rent and it's like i'm not trying to get a house to pay more than what i'm paying in rent yeah and you know love our realtor but mentally he's like but you can afford it because you're already paying it and i'm like that's not what i'm trying that's not the point right you know what i'm saying so we get to a point where you're we're like fix the numbers <laughs> fix the numbers and tell me how i can get what i want and uh we're on vacation this was actually the week the podcast launched oh it was we were on right. vacation wow. in orlando and we Malcolm and i i feel like we have like interesting luck (laughs) because it's like when we decide to wipe our hands with something like all right cool like if it doesn't if it doesn't come Mm -hmm. our way like this is our plan moving forward yeah and every time we make a decision to move forward from something we get the call for the thing (laughs) like every time like all right cool if we don't get approved for this yada 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 this is what we're going to do in this time frame blah 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 we always get the call right after we make those decisions and so we're on vacation we get the call from the lady and she's like it is our exact lot we wanted Mm -hmm. the exact floor plan we wanted literally and it was available now and the way things were moving because of how COVID went uh, with these um, building processes, they were releasing, this particular builder was releasing lots every fi- Friday. And you, whatever place you were on on the list didn't matter. So they not, they're calling everybody, but it's all about who can write up the contract first. And so it just so happens that our realtor was also in Orlando. At the same time, I call him like, I don't care about this conference. I need you to meet with us right now. Because we're like, this is our house. Yeah, it was the you perfect know, home. It was the perfect home to build a family, all this stuff like that. And it's like the numbers just wasn't numbering. And at that point, I just got so discouraged about home ownership. And like at this point, it feels like all the realtors will say it's always a great time to buy. I just feel like they'd be biased. You, yeah, no. Nah, I mean, especially if you if you're selling real estate, I don't know if I can take your bias if you're selling it. Mm-hmm. But I do respect that they're in the space, no, so for they sure. would obviously know. They would know more than I do. Mm-hmm. But not in the sense where I'm paying an astronomical amount in a mortgage. Yeah, I'm the type like, would you pay? It? Would I'm you ask pay? Them. And we have asked our realtor. Uh, hell yeah, you know and he's like, asked. heck no. <laughs> and that, and that, that's what kills me. I'm like, you wouldn't pay, but you want me to. Yes, I do want you. <laughs> like this is craziness because we cut from the same cloth, so. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I don't know if it's, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but I don't know if it's Jesus agenda, Christ. I don't know if it's agenda of how it seems like millennials are in this space where there are some that can afford these astronomical prices, and then there's a lot more that are this in-betweener that They've had the money saved. They've had they have a stable enough income that they could pull the trigger 
But when it when it came to pulling the trigger, is it a wise decision? Is it now a wise decision because of all the things that come with with you know a mortgage and home ownership now, mm-hmm. and the fact that I think we what messed us up our generation is we seen these low interest rates. Yes, we yes. seen interest rates as low as zero, and that's when our time was, and we missed it. And yeah, yeah, one could say, but so when you see that, you're seeing like you're like okay, well. Shoot, I can afford anything, a, anything, a such and such house. And then not understand the historical data is interest rates have been 15% before. In the 80s, it was like 10, 15%. Now, granted, that's on 50,000 or 100,000, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. $1,000 house. But because this inf- because inflation has ran so rapid, millennials haven't caught up to it. Yeah. Millennials income wise hasn't caught up to the price of things and it's really, really putting a strain on people's one, mental health, but decision making too as well. People are now deciding whether they should go buy eggs or, or eat their fingernails. You know what I'm saying? Like it's eat crazy. Their fingernails is the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever heard you say on the show. <laughs> Even Dollar Tree has said that they can no longer afford to sell eggs. Right, which is like, crazy. Like inflation is just out of out of this world, bro. And I just think there's a lot of us that feel like we missed our mark. I missed our moment. I you know what I really think the issue is with millennials? What? We feel like we missed out. So is that FOMO? It's hella FOMO. Just because like there was a perfect time to do it. And depending on the environment you were in, right? Like we got a homeboy Jabari. His mom told him to buy a house in 2020. Hmm. And he was a thousand percent anti. Like, mom, I don't need that. Blah, blah, blah. I'm building my business. I'm outside. I don't need to buy. I don't need to be a homeowner. And she was like, I'm not asking you, boy. (laughs) You buying this house, right? And shout out to her. She's an incredible lady. I love her so much. Um, But I learned a huge lesson as a mother. Um, I learned a huge lesson just period of like, Sometimes you need to effing listen to multiple people because had he listened to some of the other individuals that were in his ear, not us, because I'm always an advocate for listening to your mom. Um, he had listened to some of the other people that was in his ear. He wasn't going to do it. He was like, I'm going to give me a high rise downtown. Mm. I'm going to be outside, like blah, blah, blah. And it's like time. now you, you're a homeowner. You've been you've been a homeowner for three years. And at the same time he got his crib, we went to his house, visited, and we were like, damn, this is fire. Mm-hmm. So we go rent a townhouse. This man is easily playing a third <laughs> of what our rent was in his mortgage. Yeah, that was a and the thing was, lesson. we spent so much time being anti-home ownership because of our environment because of some advice that we have been given and we missed the mark because we had become so, I don't need no, I ain't about to buy no, I'm all about renting. You don't need to own nothing. Blah, blah, blah. People talk about Grant Cardone said, don't own where you live. And that he can say that he can say that. So um, I think sometimes some of us might feel like, I feel like we missed the mark. Like, I think back to what the bank like savings wise like yo that was the time mm. that was the perfect time like we had done everything like when you talk about ducks in a row bro the ducks were in a row for a house you know what I'm saying and mm. I don't think we were thinking properly around what the ducks were actually in a row to do or what those ducks could have done in the role they were in mm-hmm. you, you know and i think sometimes i think because of how COVID was and the way people's financial situations had changed between job loss or not being able to go in to work for so long not f- figuring out how to make money i think for us it was like we almost became hoarders of money hmm. Um, and it's like, I'm just going to keep it all. I'm going to keep it all. I'm going to keep it all. I'm going to keep it all. But it's like, if we would have bought a house in 2020, 2021, mm-hmm. even if we would have sold it in 22, the way the interest, the way the market had changed, we could have had our dream house by now just because we had already had an investment. And when you think about some of the fastest ways to grow wealth is through real estate. It's like, I'm thinking about 
what did we really miss out on by not making that move when we had technically set up the like we set everything up for that but we never thought about that if that makes sense yeah it makes sense and i think that's the funny thing about the market is when it when it's going up it always feels like it's forever you know what i'm saying when it goes down it also also feels like it's forever and the reason why i don't have any fomo is just because market the market always makes a cycle yeah the market always has to correct itself anyway mm-hmm. so yes things may seem like right now uh for for people that's listening to this or or looking to get into home ownership yes things may feel like things are unattainable and unaffordable now uh but i think the biggest advice or maybe one thing that i heard that gave me some some pieces that just keep on living because that's true <laughs> you know what i'm saying because things are not always going to be up things are not always going to be down and there's always going to be opportunity it's more so the preparation now of getting of becoming ready yes to to pull the trigger when when the time does come because i don't care what, what any of these realtors say things can't go up forever supply and demand this i mean this is why interest rates and, and uh, inflation is is through the roof. Well, well, this is why interest rates are going up is to control infl- inflation, is to mm-hmm. control these prices, control demand, and this is the only way they know how to do it. I don't know if it's the most sustainable way because anytime you you raise interest rates and, and, and you um and you suppress inflation, jobs are lost. Mm-hmm. So recessions come, and it's more so like a whole an entire financial reset that. I think millennials are now going through that we've so never seen before again. For us, our parents lived through a recession, so like we we had the residue of <laughs> what their life turns out to be after that. Yeah, and them trying to recover and recuperate, mm-hmm. and then to have to go through one ourselves is like this ain't fair. Yeah, life's not fair. I mean, yeah. like I said life, 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 life is not fair, um, and that's okay. You know, at the end of the day, keep on living. You, I, I like that. Keep on living. You gotta keep on living. You do, and, and peacefully, happily, joyfully. And I think that's why it's so much. I think that's why I'm so focused on seeking purpose over seeking money, um, because the highest form of currency is fulfillment. Mm. That's what that's what our pastor has said is like the highest form of currency is fulfillment. And um, until you start feeling fulfilled, you will always be seeking something else. And I think that's mm-hmm. the other thing to talk about is is when you seek out purpose, you will become so fulfilled that you don't have to keep trying to find something else. You might have derivatives that derive from that one thing, but you're always operating in your gift. You're operating in your purpose and it brings you such fulfillment that you don't have to continue to try to be filled. You think our pe- the past generation that raised us um, prioritized fulfillment or prioritized no purpose? They pr- prioritized security. Hmm. You think your dad doing what he wanted to do? Yeah, now nah, he. Yeah. The only person I know that is doing what they have wanted to do all their life. Well, actually, not even that. I thought my mom was the person that I knew that was doing what they went to school to do. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like she was the only person I knew that fully like, oh, I went to school for childcare development that still works in that field. You know what I'm saying? Has content- built their career off of the field they went to college for. Mm. Until this summer when she told me I really wanted to be an architect. That's crazy. I want this. My dream was to do this. It could be lit. What? <laughs> we would have been at a house. My mom would have been Whoa. there. We would have been at a house. My mom would have been like, Mama no. Ray. So when I think about gift, when I think about that, there's this. So we're parents, and our son watches Zootopia, mm-hmm. and there's this part on there where at the very beginning of the movie, and the bunny, the little girl, she's they're having like this play at school, and she says, "I'm gonna be a um a police officer," and this kid in the audience is like, "That's stupid, a bunny cop, that ain't never gonna happen." And she was like, well, it may seem impossible to you, but um, anything is possible, blah, blah, blah. So then after the play, her parents take her outside and her dad says, Judy, you ever wonder how your mom and me got to be so darn happy? Nope. 
Well, we gave up on our dreams and we settled. Right, Bond? Oh, yes, that's right, Stu. We settled hard. See, that's the beauty of complacency, Jude. Uh, if you don't try anything new, you'll never fail. I like trying, actually. What your father means, hon, is it's gonna be difficult. Impossible, even, for you to become a police officer. Right. There's never been a bunny cop. No. Bunnies don't do that. Never. Never. Because we've settled. So I think the generation before us was focused on security. Mm. You don't get to focus on what you want to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like one of my homegirls, her dad, her dad just now, she's 30, she's turned 33. Her dad just now is giving her the autonomy to like just do. Like she has been doing makeup since we were in high school. But he said, No, you're going to school and I'm gonna pay for it. So she debt free in that regard. But you're going to school to get this special education teaching degree. But she's always wanted to do her own thing. Mm. So guess what? She has a career as an esthetician. All of that to still do what you wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like our parents were putting that on us. When I went to school for music, my parents were like, how are you going to make money doing that? That was their first question at all times. And I'm like, I don't know, bro. We're going to find out, though. I'm chasing purpose. I'm chasing, I'm my, chasing dreams. my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so it's so funny because um our generation is hilarious because I although I think it is commendable and I think we should all we should definitely be chasing fulfillment and purpose in life. I think we also take it to the point of naivety. To the point where it's like I'll I'll starve in the street. <laughs> trying, trying let to humble uh, beat me. <laughs> and then like be beating that ass. <laughs> beating that ass. I, I'll, I'll eat ramen noodles every day as long as I'm living in my purpose. And I think we take it too far. <laughs> you know, mm. it has to be, I think it has to be the balance of your, your parents taught you how to secure your life and build your, build your foundation. That's what it is, is that we don't give a damn about the foundation no more. We trying to Build get to the millions, quicksand. you know what I'm saying? We trying to get, we trying to get to everything that God has for us, you know, mm -hmm. right now, mm -hmm. uh, without without even caring about the foundation. I think that's where the miscommunication is, and I think that's what they were trying to instill in us. It wasn't more so. It wasn't more so like don't do your do anything. something that you don't want to do for four years like right. we did, or like my generation had mm -hmm. to do. And it's all about circumstance. They mm -hmm. also didn't have the same opportunities that we had. Facts. We didn't have the same opportunities that we had before right. three years and ago. And we didn't have the same opportunities they had. Right. You think about it. You know what I'm saying? We we didn't. A lot of these people probably had full careers to the point where they were at the top of their career. I, you know what I'm saying? Like be, the beginning. You've seen the beginning of Apple. You've seen the beginning of General Motors. All these, you know, all these amazing companies now. We're seeing the fall. <laughs> you stupid. It's like nah, we all still gonna buy new iPhones. I'm about to get mine next month. Yeah, so we we all we all have different circumstances, which is why we react the same the way we do. I guess that's my life lesson. Mm -hmm. Um, in this episode is that we we only act based upon our circumstance or what it, what's in front of us and what we're facing. Mm -hmm. Our parents face so many different things in their generation that led to some of the decisions that they had to make. Yeah. And uh lives that they had to form. Mm hmm And we'll we'll know thirty years from now. We'll understand it better by what by. we faced and the things we had to do and what that shaped out to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, thirty years from now too. So I would say my life lesson is from Evangelist Dory. Just Keep swimming. <laughs> Keep swimming. Because life is going to life. Things are going to change. And as is our custom, we are adaptable. We understand change. And so at the end of the day, whether you feel blue, whether you feel gray, just keep swimming. Just keep doing what you can. Um, being better every single day. Yeah, 1%. 1% better every single day. And you got to take the crickets with the straights. It ain't gonna all be good. It ain't gonna ever all be bad. But everything comes with both. Yeah. 
So just keep swimming. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been another episode of the show. Let's talk about it. Dang, we're at the end of the season. We got one more episode. I know. It's crazy. <sighs> well, I'm your co-host, Brittany. And I'm Malcolm. And you can follow me at Brittany Donnell. You can follow me at Malcolm underscore two underscores Garrison. And you can follow the show at So Let's Talk About It Pod. And don't forget uh, to like, share, uh, write a review, please. Yes, rate and review. Tell a friend. Um, yeah, and we'll see you on the next episode. We out. Peace. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park